You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Evening everyone, Uh, welcome to our service this evening. If you're joining us for the first time or you are fairly new to Northern Lights, you are especially welcome. Northern Lights is part of the Metropolitan Community Church, an international community of churches that celebrate God's love for all people. We come together in spirit to praise God for his goodness, but also to hold in prayer those who need God's presence, particularly at this time. Our readings tonight challenge us to reflect on forgiveness. I say challenge because we are told in no uncertain terms that God will show us the same mercy that we show to others. It's not always easy to forgive, especially when the wounds of hurt are so deep. But we are given an example, Christ crucified who even in his agony begs God to forgive those who crucify him. Forgiveness and healing go together. Maybe tonight we can pray that we become a healing church where we can minister to one another and to those who are hurt and lost in the world. This week, We had Suicide Awareness Day. We hold in our hearts those who have felt that they had no other option but to take their lives. We also pray for those who are contemplating suicide and those who live with the loss of a loved one. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, renew each of us. Spirit of the living God, heal us. Amen. In our first reading, because of the jealousy of his brothers, Joseph was sold into slavery and they told their father that he was dead. Now, years later, plagued by famine, they beg for his forgiveness. A reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 50, verses 15 to 21. Realising that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, What if Joseph still bears a grudge against us? and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him. So they approached Joseph, saying, Your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong that they did in harming you. Now therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father, Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him and said, 
We are here as your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good, in order to preserve a numerous people, as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will now read to you from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. But when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him his debts. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. My friends, please pray for me and with me. We ask that this time be a time of grace, that the Holy Spirit guide my words, 
and that you hear the message that the Lord wishes to speak to you personally. In Jesus' name. Amen. I first went to India 25 years ago this year. Some friends had been the previous year and had had a wonderful experience and were keen for me to go with them. I was in my first parish at the time and it was a busy parish. I'd worked with a youth group that were wonderful. They loved being together, but they had little interest in church or faith. And so I got the idea that if I went on holiday to India, I would have a week where I could be with my friends in the north, in Goa. But then for the second week, I would travel down to Kerala and join a parish there and get to know them and hopefully form some links between the young people of Kerala and my youth group back at home. We flew out, not really knowing what to expect, and I immediately fell in love. As soon as we got to the airport and there was organised chaos, rush, bedlam, and there was something about it that just touched me. And then as we left the airport and I saw the, the trees, the river, the people, the smell, it just became this wonderful second home. The first week was nice. We sunbathed, we visited local tourist spots. We had a wonderful time. And then about midway through the first week, I got a call to say that there'd been some huge storms in the south and it was impossible for me to be able to fly down there for the second week. Might sound a bit strange, but that Wednesday we'd planned to go crocodile spotting. And so we'd got onto a bus and we set off. I was really upset and decided just to have some quiet time to myself and sat at the back of the bus. It was there that I had a, quite a few words with the Lord. Why would you let me come all of this way if you were going to cancel, if you were not going to let me go to Kerala and make these links for my youth group? Suddenly the bus stopped. A herd of cows had crossed in front of it and we got stuck. We were miles from anywhere. And as I looked out of the window, I saw a broken down sign in the road and it said St. Joseph's Convent. And then I just felt the Lord saying, that's where I want you to go. It was so strong a feeling that I immediately jumped out of my seat, rushed down the front of the bus and spoke to the driver and asked where we were. And he just looked at me as if I was stupid. It's like, we're, we're nowhere. I said, but it must have an end. And so he told me, and I kept repeating it and repeating it until I got back to my seat and wrote it down on a scrap of paper. Two days later, I jumped into a taxi, gave the taxi driver the name of the place, and we set off. After driving up and down the road for an extra half an hour, I found the sign again. The driver said it was on waste ground. There was no way his car would 
be able to get there. And so he parked at the side of the road and I got out on a sunny, hot day. I just followed the sign. Went through scrubland and then saw one or two small little huts thrown together. And then the one or two became three or four and then five or six. And then we got to almost like a small compound. And there at the side, there was just a sign saying St. Joseph's Convent. I was suddenly overcome with this awful feeling of how stupid the whole thing was. I burn really easily, so I had my Factor 50 children's special suntan lotion, which made me look a little bit blue, and it all made me smell like bubblegum. Have my sunglasses and my shorts on. I didn't know what to say or what to do, but I knocked on the door. And this nun opened the door to me and I just went, hello, I'm a priest from England. She smiled and just said, we don't have much, but anything we have, you're welcome to. Come in. So I went in and had a cup of tea and spent some time just chatting about life in England and why I was in India and what I'd hoped to have been doing. As we chatted, I suddenly became aware that there was some giggling. And as I looked past the nun, I saw all these eyes staring at me through a crack in the door. And I smiled and she just looked at me and she went, did you realise this is an orphanage? She brought the children out and they were all excited. They'd never seen a white man before, let alone a bald one with hairy legs and smelling of bubblegum and slightly blue. I spent a good hour with them, just chatting and we went outside and we played in the dirt. And then as I was leaving, I asked if it was possible for me to come back another day. And they said they'd be delighted to see me. So a few days later, having gone into the city and bought loads of sport equipment and toys and everything else I could possibly think of, I returned. The children were playing outside and as soon as they saw me, somebody shouted and they all rushed up. But then something strange happened. They stood as a group looking at me and I stood looking at them and we froze. Neither the children or myself knew what to do. And then suddenly from the mix of the crowd, a little boy rushed forward and just put his arms around my legs and hugged me. And it broke the spell. And all the other children rushed in and it was great. And Sister Jane came out and smiled and I passed the, the presents on to the children and they all rushed off to play. And we went in. Whilst I was having a cup of tea, I asked about the little boy. She said he was called Saudin, and he was fairly new there. She said, like many of the children, they didn't have parents. But this little boy had been found by the roadside. His mum had died 
six months earlier, and his dad, unable to cope, had taken him to the roadside, had left him there and said that he was going to go into the city. There he would get a job. And as soon as he had a job and a home, he would come back for Saudin. The little boy had been sitting there for five days when Sister Jane spotted him and had brought him to the convent. His willingness to reach out to me was because of the pain and the sadness of waiting for his dad to come back. I'd made a promise to the children that I'd go out and have a game of football with them. So having finished my tea, I went out and I took particular time to look for Saudin. I couldn't find him. One of the other nuns who was out playing with, with the children had said that he'd run off. But they didn't seem particularly concerned. And when I asked why, they said, well, he does it regularly. But we always know that he will go back to the roadside and sit and wait in the hope that his dad will come back. I've thought long and hard about Saudin over the years. We're given a parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal meaning wasteful. And we reflect on the son and how wasteful he is with his father's possessions. Sometimes it's known as the prodigal father because the father is wasteful with his love. And he stands and waits and looks for the son to come home where he readily forgives him. It's never quite fit for me. But here I was, confronted with this little boy, Saudin, the real prodigal son, because he had such a love and a faith and a trust in his dad's promise that he would come back for him, that he just kept going back to that roadside and sitting and waiting. He had no disappointment, no doubt, no resentment towards his dad for having left him. And as time went on for not returning. Today we're asked to reflect on what it is to forgive. I don't want to pretend that I've got any answers. I find sometimes forgiving others who've hurt me as difficult as anybody else. I'm challenged, challenged by a little boy on the roadside. My, journey, my trips to the orphanage began 10 years of ministry at that orphanage. And I would go back two times a year often, taking money and goods. And then as the children got older, to pay for their education in other schools as they left the small little home that they had. I asked about Saudin. And the nuns had said that they'd moved him to a different part of India because he just couldn't keep away from the roadside. 
and it was becoming dangerous for him. And they were worried that he might get abducted or hit by a car or a motorbike. And so the only way for him to be safe was to be moved a farther away. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he was ever reunited with his dad. There'll be some of us that think, well, he was a child. Children are innocent. He'll have grown up and suddenly resentment would have taken over. The realisation of what his dad had done. Perhaps the lies he told him. But the young Saladin, I want to reflect upon. There's an incredible story in the Gospels of children just wanting to be close to Jesus. And the disciples becoming cross with them, asking them not to pester Jesus and to kind of push them back to their parents. But we're told Jesus becomes indignant. He becomes angry. And he tells the disciples off publicly, don't send the children away because it's to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. What if it's those qualities that Saladin had that really Jesus was asking, teaching, that should be the very qualities that define his followers? the same Jesus who in his prayer to God prays that we be forgiven only as much as we are prepared to forgive others. I think forgiveness comes with the capacity to love. Children love unconditionally. They have no doubt they just love without condition. And they are so quick to forgive. Perhaps the call to forgiveness needs to begin with the call to love. Some of us will be struggling with the, the immense task to forgive. And perhaps we're carrying hurt with us in our lives. It's not always easy to love others. Maybe we can take a step back and see that person, not just as the person who's hurt us, but perhaps through God's eyes. As a lost child who is imperfect and struggling with making mistakes, unfinished, and we can perhaps start to understand them in the way that God understands them. We can then take those first tentative steps towards forgiveness. On Thursday we celebrated, if celebrated is the right word, World Awareness Day for Suicide Prevention. It gives us the opportunity to talk. I had the awful experience of 
supporting a number of families whose husbands or sons had committed suicide. And the agony and the pain, the questioning, the guilt that was left with them. It's a difficult, difficult time. And their journey to moving towards forgiveness was a slow, painful journey. But in talking to them and in praying with them, we would always begin by taking time to see it through God's eyes, to step out of our lives and out of ourselves, but to look on as God, a loving mother, a compassionate father would do. And to begin to understand how hopeless it must have been how they felt completely helpless. Today, perhaps as a church, we can pray that we be moved by the Holy Spirit, that we become a church of healing, that whatever the wounds we carry, whatever the guilt, whatever the doubts, we can be together as a loving community, a one of understanding, of acceptance of people's journey, and that we can love. Because as we love unconditionally, people will find the grace to be able to forgive themselves for their own failings, healing and the ability to forgive others who've hurt them. Amen. My brothers, sisters and siblings, now is the time to lift up our prayers to our loving and merciful Creator. Although we worship apart from one another today, we are united spiritually by the love of God and of one another. At Northern Lights MCC, we light a special candle in memory of all who have lost their lives to AIDS and those who are living with HIV-related illnesses. We honour them and those who dedicate their lives to providing care and affordable medication to those in need. We give thanks to the organisations and individuals who raise awareness and help break down the stigma and prejudice within the world. With the light of our special candle, we honour the work of Rainbow Home. Rainbow Home holds a special place in our hearts at Northern Lights MCC. God bless them in their work to ease suffering and reduce the difficulties and challenges faced by asylum seekers who identify as LGBT. Loving God, pour out your healing love to all those who have sacrificed everything and risked their lives seeking a life free from danger, persecution and oppression. Be with those whose lives are endangered 
who are exploited and those who are in the grip of human trafficking. May they feel the loving hand of Christ rescue them from the storms they are facing and be met with open arms and open hearts. Amazing God, creator of the universe, we give thanks for the unconditional and infinite love you have for us all. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Son, Jesus, the Christ, our Saviour, who sits at your right hand in unity with the Holy Spirit. Lord of all things, you have given us the gift of life. You have entrusted your world into our hands as our earthly home. Your creation brings forth a multitude of life and natural beauty, an abundant source of food, everything that we need to be sustained, and yet your masterpiece cries out for healing. Global warming, climate change, extinction, melting ice and rising seas, extreme weather, an ever-increasing global climate emergency. Almighty God, we pray that you will guide our world leaders to make decisions that will help to heal our precious planet before it's too late. Lord, please open the hearts and minds of governments whose political and economic interests take priority over the future of our fragile and beautiful world. Please bless those who work to raise awareness of the climate crisis. We pray that you guide us in being stewards of your creation to care and conserve the precious wildlife and resources we have and to preserve the planet so your future generations of children can live to appreciate all the gifts that you have blessed us with. We pray that future generations can grow and flourish in an inclusive society that embraces diversity and culture a world without man-made walls and borders dividing us, a world where love knows no colour, a world without systems of oppression, racism and social inequality. God of justice, please bless those who take a stand and risk persecution for righteousness sake. Bless the defenders and the brave activists who give a voice to the voiceless. Give us the courage to rise up and act now against injustice. Let the people with power use it wisely to serve and protect, to value life. We pray for your healing light to shine on the families who have lost loved ones due to unnecessary force of law enforcement. Loving mother and father, Watch over us all as we walk through the valley of uncertainty in these challenging days. Although we face an unseen enemy that is the global pandemic, let our faith overcome our fears as we place our trust in you. May we love our neighbours as you love us and do everything in our power to fight the virus and protect each other. Lord, we pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to comfort those who are suffering, to those who have lost a loved one or a friend, and inspire those working day and night who seek to find a vaccine. We give thanks for the workers who selflessly give of themselves to care for our communities and every person of every age working together 
to help serve and love their neighbours with acts of kindness and support. We praise you, Lord, for every blessing bestowed upon us, the roof over our heads, the food we eat and the clean water we drink. We pray for a world where homelessness ceases to exist and where everyone has enough. We pray for the work of the Metropolitan Community Church, our church family and those in our book of prayers. We pray for the isolated and for our siblings unable to connect via social media technology. May your Holy Spirit fill them with your peace and loving presence. We miss them, Lord, but know you are with them as you promised. Almighty God, we give thanks for our pastor, Ronnie, the governing board, all of our worship teams, and the loving care and support of our pastoral care team, who are dedicated in providing spiritual, emotional, and practical support to us all. They are the shepherds who watch over your flock, which your Holy Spirit has placed in their care. We pray that you give our church family the strength to reach out and ask for help if they need it, and know that they are never alone. We pray for those who suffer from mental health issues and anxiety, those who struggle to face the daily challenges of their lives. Be their shelter, Lord, and comfort them. We pray for those who are struggling financially or feeling shackled with debt. On Thursday, it was World Suicide Prevention Day. Lord, we pray for those who are bereaved and suffering. Bless the work of organisations such as the Samaritans, raising awareness and working tirelessly to prevent another tragic suicide. We pray that ears are open to really listen to someone in need and that all of God's children know that there is no shame in asking for help. It is okay not to be okay. God of infinite mercy and forgiveness, you walked among us when you sent your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you suffered for our salvation and whilst nailed to the cross, you prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lord Jesus, you, the persecuted, prayed for your persecutors. Please grant us the grace to forgive others as you forgive our transgressions. Heavenly Parent, empower us to let go of resentment and anger, to embrace the healing process of forgiveness, both of ourselves and of others. We all fall short. We are all imperfect beings, but you never fail us, Lord. Praise be to you, O God of compassion and mercy. Let us forgive in abundance, as you taught us in the Gospels, so we too can receive your mercy, forgiveness, and life eternal in your heavenly kingdom. You know our hearts, Lord, and our needs. Let us take a moment of quiet to still our hearts and our minds in your holy presence and lift up our prayers of those we know and love and for ourselves. Mother of all creation, 
We praise and thank you for your love that knows no limits, forgiveness that knows no bounds, for unshackling us of our burdens and our guilt, for reminding us that we are all wonderfully and uniquely made in your image. Let us be the light of Christ's presence in this broken world. Amen. And together we say the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. My friends, go with the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website northernlightsmcc.org.uk